Hey, 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 it's uh, Wednesday, September 25th. And we're out in the morning walking bud. It's 7.34 in the morning. Unplanned podcast as usual. Um, weather update. Cloudy. Kind of pretty fair for us. We don't get these kind of skies very often. And I'm heading down the hill. It's not much of a hill. It's maybe 50 feet above the lower section. But, you know, it's for a desert, it's a little bit hilly. 50, 100 feet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I just thought maybe I should get the general on. I don't know if he's ready for something. But uh, maybe I should give, give him an invite and see what happens. I, I don't know if I can do this in midstream. But... Uh, Maybe I'll give that a shot, but uh, 75 degrees, 65% humidity. That's pretty high for us. We had a little bit of rain. It looks like it's damp. It's got a damp feeling, which you might expect from 65% humidity, which makes a dew point 62. But uh, since it's 75, a 62 dew point's not too bad. When it's 110 and you get a 62, that's a little different. So a little, little weather notice. We we have, uh, I I guess Arizona, we don't have tornadoes. We don't have big storms. We don't have snow. We have hot, intense heat, which is basically amazingly blue skies and the sun beaming down on you. And, uh, yeah, that's like our seasons. And uh, so here we are. I had a good day yesterday. Feeling pretty good because I went out and did something. I met somebody. Job search, got to get out and talk to people, network. And as much as I um, am an extrovert and you'd think it'd be easy for me to network, what I'm noticing is like, wow, what's holding me back? You know, what holds me back from just getting out there? And this time probably has been a good process for me. Um, and I don't, I don't know what's happening, but because I'm thinking like, wow, I. Uh, I hesitate because I'm looking for, like, what do I have to share with people? What are my accomplishments and things? And I'm, I'm starting to say, hey, I've done a lot of great stuff. I just need to articulate it. And it's not that the past is going to bring the future. And that's one of my struggles, too, is things in the past. Like, I may have done some great things, but I can't duplicate them. But what did I learn from them? And that's, I guess that's the main thing that I have a process here. It's <clears throat> and, and it's probably... I'm probably fortunate in a way to be out of work because most of us are probably in a job and we get stuck there, we're happy, we're content, we find contentment, we make excuses for why it's great and there's security there and there's handcuffs and people talk about those things. So, um, yeah, yeah, but I need to reach out more, do more reaching out, so I'll work on that. But let me uh, let me see if I can uh, bring in the general, and I don't know if he's available or not. But uh, let me give that a shot. Thanks. Okay. Well, I put the invite out and uh, waited about five minutes. Haven't heard. I actually invited this uh, writing coach who got me started on Anchor FM. Just an impromptu. I mean, people don't do that, right? I mean, you just don't walk your dog and invite people to a podcast, right? I mean, podcasts are so important. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's some sarcasm again. Podcasts are just, oh, you can't. 
and that's what's funny about podcasts now is they you can you can anybody can do a podcast it's fine and uh, we why not and uh so you know i most of the time i've thought of podcasting is i gotta have a little studio a special mic and um, a backdrop and uh this writing coach is getting ready to get into podcasting i think she probably likes it because she probably likes to talk like i do which is fine talk talk man what value do we bring now? What is the value in the talking? But uh, yeah, I just I, I have a conversation. I have a conversation, and um, so yeah, I invited. We'll see what happens. So some painting going on here, and uh, doing some fence fence painting. That's good. Very nice. Buddy, we got some guys working on a fence over here, getting ready to paint stuff. Looks good. All right. So I did that once myself. Maybe I won't have to do it again. I can just ask them to do it. <laughs> it's hard work, man. Right? Hey, bud, come on. So I don't know if anyone's going to chime in uh, with uh, carry on a conversation. So my brain's kind of hesitating like what do I do in this point do I keep going with some ideas I have to go back to my own singular view of the world where uh, morning singular view of the world where uh, it's just me and uh, that bicyclist just waved I had a nice conversation with him several months ago he remembers me he says thanks can I build myself up can I give myself a pat on the back instead of running myself down so that's that's one of the things is the negativity that I uh, am battling negativity, um, concern about what other people think, right? And yet, there's some positive feedback. I got that positive feedback there. And really probably the most amazing positive feedback I got in the last four months was out of the blue, this guy who had worked for the uh, Arizona Department of Public Safety he uh, he was retiring, and he uh, he had like a stack of business cards. Probably he thought probably over 500, 500 business cards. So, if you're in business, some of you guys have uh, jobs where people call on you trying to sell you stuff, right? So you're the you're the department head. So that's basically what this guy was. He was the department head of um, the aviation department for the. Arizona Department of Public Safety, which was also included the governor's airplane and things. So they have a little hangar over there. So they have four or five Bell 407s. So let's get technical. Why not? I'm in the mood. We'll get technical. So this is a high hot. Isn't that fun to say? You got to practice it. High hot conditions. So what that means is you guys have all seen helicopters before and the whirly bird blades spin around and uh, when the temperature is hotter the density of the air goes down and um, that means it takes more power to get the same amount of lift power meaning you got the engines got the engines got to put out more you got to hit the like if you're driving your car you got to hit the pedal to the metal more to get lift when the air density is um, thinner because the blades aren't going to lift as much 
So the helicopters have this unique problem that most airplanes don't. Fixed wing, the difference is rotary wing. And because that's what the helicopter looks funny and, and uh, the terminology rotary wing means that the wing is moving in the air. So in a fixed wing, the wing is fixed, but the airplane itself is propelling forward. So it's always a fixed wing. Well, rotary wing has some unique challenges. One is that the blades, when they're moving forward, you get lift. When they move backwards, you lose lift. I mean, so there's a little bit of imbalance there and it's gotta be managed. And they're spinning at about, I think, 360 RPM, 400 RPM. So it's faster than a record player, but, uh, and, and the, one of the tricks is, is you want long blades. So the, um, some basic physics are the velocity of the blade tip, if it's 20 feet away and spinning at four, or 400 RPM, if you put it at 40 uh, feet, the tip velocity would be higher. By, uh, because it's 40 feet away in RPMs. I don't know what the exact math is, but basically the velocity at 20 feet is half of what the velocity, the tip velocity is gonna be at 40 feet. So if you had a 40 foot helicopter blade, um, you, could, you should only spin it, let's say at 350 RPM or 320, because um, once the, the blade tip gets about 700 miles an hour, then you start getting um, issues with um, aerodynamics and um, and you, you lose lift and, uh, and it's basically you're ineffective if you go any faster if you go if you have a blade tip that's going a thousand miles an hour you're not going to benefit from that extra velocity but back to high hot so high hot is a problem in Arizona uh, when you have um, elevations of six seven thousand eight thousand feet high and also you combine that with 90 degree temperatures and so forth. So the density goes down. So it takes more power out of the engine to get uh, similar lift. So there's, uh, and Colorado has some interesting helicopter situations too, that um, you can land a plane. Let's say your helicopter has uh, a capacity of 5,000 pounds, maybe 6,000 pounds, and you can land it at 8,000 feet on a warm day, 90 degrees, but you may not be able to take off. Um, in other words, it's, uh, the helicopter can land with more weight than it can get off the ground. So there's, they have to, the pilots have to figure out, okay, and if you've ever gone on a helicopter tour, they weigh you, and you're probably wondering, like, well, why are they weighing me? Because if they take four or five people and someone weighs they probably used to just say well the average person weighs 185 because someone might weigh 220 and someone might weigh 140 but now they've gotten to the point where it's so close on weight that um, they basically have to weigh everybody so and do the pounds and they have to make adjustments for how much fuel they put in the helicopter because every gallon of fuel weighs six pounds so if you try to put three 300 pound guys in a helicopter you may have some issues on getting off the ground. So anyways, that's a little background on the physics of the helicopters. And um, the engine shaft is spinning and it goes into a transmission which spins the rotor. 
So there's another physics term called torque. So there's a torque limit that the mechanical properties of the transmission and the gears can only handle so much torque. So that's a limitation. So even if you had an engine with a lot of power, the transmission has to match it. But the thing is about the transmission is it, it can handle the torque um, in all kinds of conditions. So it doesn't change with altitude or temperature. It's, it's, a, it's a fixed torque limit on the um, transmission, which means you don't want to have the engine put out a torque that's higher than the transmission can handle because you'll wreck the transmission. So what do you got? Then you got uh, horsepower of the engine. So if, a, if the horsepower of the engine is only 700 horsepower and you're having trouble lifting three heavy people at 8,000 feet at 90 degrees Fahrenheit, well, you might be able to get away with getting a 1,000 horsepower engine, so put more power on it. But it's not, these helicopters are certified and go through FAA certification, so you can't just slap in a 1,000 horsepower engine willy-nilly. So they have a, what they call a supplemental type certificate, STC, supplemental type certificate. So if you want more power in your helicopter, and be able to fly at high hot conditions, then somebody has to approve putting in a more powerful engine. So I was trying to convince the AP, APS, Arizona Department of Public Safety, hey, why don't you put in this engine? It's got more power. So I had good conversations with them. The bottom line is the guy sent me a text and he's going through his stack of uh, 500. There was only two people he sent text to or reached out to. And I was one of them, so that's pretty good. I think I only met with him like four times over a period of 18 months. Just checking in, see like what's the possibility of uh, upgrading. Because it's a commitment. It might cost a million dollars to upgrade. But then, but then you've got uh, a helicopter, a $5 million helicopter that you've just... Um, you, could buy, you could buy a new $5 million helicopter, but, or you could put a million into your existing helicopter and get the same performance out of it as a new helicopter. So there's a value proposition there of just, hey, let's upgrade the engine, get better performance. But there's risk involved, right? Because not many people have done it before. So it takes time to get that to happen. And uh, yeah, so that's that. So he reached out to me and just like the bicyclist dude, he said, hello, if I was a jerk, unruly jerk. These people wouldn't wouldn't reach out to me. So what I and and so I had my little church issues. This is self awareness time. So I piss off certain people, um, and I, I don't realize it because I if I if I behave pretty much the same way, the easiest thing to do is just be yourself, you know. And if I'm being myself, then I ask questions of church leaders, which they don't like. But if I just uh, chatting with uh, some dude on the street or talking about a technical business thing, I'm not like I'm just not a religious thing. I'm just asking questions about how to how to make uh, a good decision on whether to upgrade your engine or not. And so I don't. I'm not pushy or anything. I'm not like trying to manipulate the guy. I just give him the facts, listen to him. He, he guy appreciated. He really thought I was out of all the 500 people calling on him over 20 years. I was. <laughs> And it wasn't like recency effect, right? The old recency effect, right? It wasn't like I just met with them. 
six months ago. It was like, this goes back four or five years. And I must have made a really favorable impression because he was flipping through his cards and goes, oh, man, Michael Ward. Oh, man, what's going on with him? So ironically, I got that text like three minutes before I was going to see my boss about getting laid off. So that was kind of ironic. It was kind of a, hey, man, you're good. I mean, the message from the universe, from the universe. <laughs> and, and I don't, I'm not a big universe kind of guy. I'm more of a God guy, which is, you know, the people that don't want to, they, because they're so, I think the Christian church has been so poorly representing God. They, they mean well, but they really do a really poor job of it. So people that have been abused, maybe like I have or whatever, even a minor way, even though I'm, I'm standing up to it. Most people don't have the fortitude to like, get pissed off at the church and say, hey, wait a minute, let me read all this stuff. These people are trying to like jam these verses on us. They have their agenda. And I'm like, no, let me read it. I'm reading it myself, dudes. And uh, your, your conclusions are screwed up. So I'm saying, I'm telling them that. They don't like it because they get the false impression that they're supposed to be the, the shepherds of the flock. And only they know the proper interpretation. You can't just leave it up to some some dude reading the Bible himself with a with the googling and internet and looking up the Greek words himself, you know, and, and asking the question like, oh wait a minute, unruly isn't really unruly, is it? It's just it's like they've done a good translation of what the intent is there. But anyways I digress a bit. So the universe let me hang on to the positive vibes from uh, that uh, text message and the bicyclist waving to me that you know a lot of people are supportive and I have to get over the point of uh, one of my limiting beliefs or growth areas is not everybody's gonna agree or like the way I present stuff so and what I what I'm learning is it's not it, it, the people that don't like it are the relig- religious leaders. So it's not, you know, let's, let's, what's the common denominator? Church religious leaders don't like my questioning or asking questions or doing things or commenting or getting upset with stuff. Like, by the way, some of you guys are doing jack for Jesus out there, right? And that one really pissed me off. Some of you... And it just just blew me away. It still blows me away today. It's like how a guy can be here for a year and a half as a pastor. And the church isn't like not a $10,000 member church. It's like 400, 500 people show up on a Sunday. So if the guy even learned 10 people a week for 50 weeks, he'd know all 500 people easily, right? But he feels compelled inside his frustration level, that we're just not getting it. We're just not responding to his exceptional leadership, right? Here's some sarcasm. And so he wants more action, you know, go take action. He wants more action out of us. And somehow he's like, for 50 weeks, he's been 50, 60, 70 weeks, he's been dishing out the the motivational direction and vision 
of the church and we're just not responding. Oh my gosh. Some of us just are not responding the way he wants to. And so he takes it upon himself in his frustration to say, some of you are doing jack for Jesus. Like he, he has this innate holy, holy. He goes into the holy of holies like the Israelites and uh, once a year. And he comes out saying, like, some of you are just not doing jack for Jesus. Like, I don't know where you, where, where in the Bible you see that Jesus wants us to do jack for him or Jill, I guess. That's the, see, that's the tricky thing about jack for Jesus. It sounds kind of fun, but we know that the meaning, the meaning is we're not doing anything for Jesus. That Jesus is just waiting for us to start doing something for him. And the only thing he wants us to do is walk with him, have a relationship with him, to spiritual ambulatio with him. And then there might be some outward signs of doing something for Jesus. And he's never asked us to do that. So maybe that's the thing. He's not asking us to do anything for him and that he's not asking us to follow leaders that are going to tell us what to do, right? It goes way back to the initial John chapter 21 where good old Peter, who had really had a lot of issues with the Gentiles, by the way. That's kind of an interesting factoid about old Peter. I would summarize Peter as the guy that had trouble with dealing with Gentiles. But hey, the Roman Empire, the Roman Catholic Church. Peter's the first Pope, man, even though he hates Gentiles, you know. I mean, go figure, right? Paul should be the first Pope by all actual reason. Paul, man, he should be the, he should be the Pope because he brought the gospel to the Gentiles. And that's what the Roman Catholic Church is, is full of Gentiles. And I love the Roman Catholic Church. Why not? Why not? We love those guys. They got some issues, right? Don't we all? So, hey, bud, where are you going now? Bud. Come on, bud. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, issues. Peter, what was I saying? Bud distracted me a little bit there. So issues, issue, issues. Um, Jack. Oh, yeah, we're doing Jack. So, oh, yeah, we're back in John 21. So he's Peter's like, hey, what, what, what about John? What's going to happen to him? You told Jesus, you told me what's going to happen to me. But what's going to happen to John? And Jesus said, well, what is that to you? You follow me. And so I do want to hang on to that. And I forget that. And maybe I need to lighten up on the perfectionism, right? Like, oh, i got to be perfect and have all this stuff down. But there's a pretty simple message that needs to go out that's missed. And, oh, by the way, I decided to take all my chapters of the New Testament and just, there's 151 chapters in my reading program, which sounds like a lot, but it's like working out of the gym, man. Go, get, go do the 151 chapters. And then do it again, do it again, and, you, and it sinks into you about what's really going on, right? So <clears throat> I searched on spirit, and sometimes 
that would be the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it would be just the Spirit with a capital S. And so you probably have to go look at the Greek and see exactly what word is used, right? But, you know, you get the context. It's the Holy Spirit. Sometimes they just say the word holy is not with it, but it's got the capital S or whatever. So. And so out of these 151 chapters, I think it was 105 have either the word Holy Spirit phrase in it or spirit by itself or spiritual or human spirit, like this, this our spirits. So 68% of the chapters comment on the Spirit. And to me, I sit back and look at that and I go, hmm, that's interesting. I don't think 68, we don't spend 68% of the time talking about what is the Holy Spirit, how do we interact with the Holy Spirit, and what does the Holy Spirit do in our lives. It's all very academic. So again, I'm coming back to the The church is really good about knowledge and teaching accurately about Jesus, which is also in the New Testament, is in Acts. The whole Apollos guy, that was how in Acts 18, that's how Apollos was described. He taught accurately about Jesus, but he didn't have the Holy Spirit until Priscilla and Aquila showed him a better way which leads to the one of my favorite verses now in Acts 19 did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed the faith you know did you receive the Holy Spirit and unless you're like in the charismatic tribe which I'm not you would say like oh yeah of course I received the Holy Spirit you know this is what Southern Baptists believe this is what the Presbyterians believe that when you're baptized and the, and they say you I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that you're baptized then because that guy said so, because he says it to everybody. But that's what we see in the book of Acts is not everybody is getting the Holy Spirit like that. In fact, they have to come back to it. So Anyways, I made it home. Um, value-added podcast, I believe. As they always are. You get On this podcast, you get exceptional value for money. Right? So you're getting exceptional value for money. And this is the ultimate quality podcast. So there you go. So I am going to wrap it up. Move on and take care of some stuff. I need to go work out today and I did get I went to the doctor for a checkup and it looks like it came out okay. Some good whatever results they are. And uh but I got a tetanus shot and a flu shot and I got stuck for a blood sample, so I was gonna work out on Monday but I didn't. Hey bud, come on. And uh I didn't and then what I did was um, run yesterday, so I ran. So my arm's a little sore, but I need to go in and do some lifting because I like I'm like I'm in the habit of doing that. But uh, I got other stuff to do too, other disciplines to do. So we're learning, we're growing, experience, learning, grow model. So that's where we're at. Come on, bud. No, you don't want to come in. 
So what, what did we call this one? I thought I had a good name for this a little while ago. What was I going to call this thing? And uh, I'm not sure now. So let me think about that. But you have your own grace and peace this morning, this afternoon. And uh, have a great day. So this is your podcast host. I'm closing it down. Bye.